Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, December 18th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. So the Federal Reserve held its last meeting of the year this week. As far as actual policy goes, it was pretty much what everybody expected. The new normal will continue. Interest rates are going to stay at zero. And the money printing presses down in the basement of the Eccles building are going to keep right on humming. Now, I've been saying for weeks that you're going to get stimulus. I mean, even if there's a vaccine, even if the economy appears to be improving, if nothing else, all of the blah, blah, blah coming out of the Fed should make this absolutely clear. And uh, by the way, the economy doesn't appear to be improving. I'll get to that in just a second. Gold rallied this week with Congress apparently getting close to passing more fiscal stimulus and, of course, with the soothing words from the Fed. Gold hit a six-week high yesterday, but couldn't quite break through that 1900 level. It peaked at about 1893 an ounce. As I'm recording the podcast, gold is currently trading at about 1887. Silver had an even bigger run. It was up a dollar at one point and just barely missed cracking $26 an ounce. And I mean barely. We got up to $25.99 yesterday. Now keep in mind, earlier in the week, we were below $24 an ounce. A lot of people really like silver in the longer term. Not only do you have the loose monetary policy working in its favor, you also have the prospect of an improving economy driving up industrial demand. Plus, most people expect the push for green energy to continue, and silver is a big part of that. And even if the economy doesn't rebound like a lot of people think it will, governments are going to continue to fund things like solar energy. It's really a win-win environment for the white metal. You know, it's easy to feel like both gold and silver have been stuck in the mud for the last few months, but just look at silver over the year. Investment in physical silver is expected to surge by 27% to $236.8 million ounces in 2020. That's going to be a five-year high. And it looks like the silver price is probably going to chart something in the neighborhood of a 27% year-on-year gain. So not too shabby the last couple of months of sluggishness notwithstanding. Now, meanwhile, the dollar has been getting progressively weaker. This is absolutely what you would expect with all of this money printing, right? We've never seen the money supply increase at the rate it has over the last nine months or so. I mean, if you look at a chart, the line almost goes straight up. Even before the FOMC statement, the dollar index hit its lowest level since April 2018, and with little fanfare, it dropped below 90 yesterday. Given the dollar weakness, you'd expect gold to be trading even higher right now than it is, but of course we still have this risk-on sentiment in the markets, which is being driven by exactly the same thing that's pushing the dollar down, stimulus both monetary and fiscal. It's almost like people are equating stimulus with economic success. I mean, who needs a strong economy when the Fed can just print money for Uncle Sam to shower over our heads, right? And of course, we don't have a strong economy. Vaccines started rolling out this week with much pomp and circumstance, but of course that's not going to stop the Rona on a dime. It's going to take a while, and in the meantime, we have more government shutdowns. The fabled economic recovery everybody was talking about just a few months ago has 
completely vanished. I touch on the weekly unemployment numbers in almost every podcast, and they are always ugly. I mean, even when the mainstream was spinning them as good, they were still really ugly. We still haven't had a weekly jobless claim number lower than the old record that was set during the Great Recession. That was in the upper 600,000 range. This week, It got even uglier. 885,000 Americans filed first-time unemployment claims. Economists were expecting a drop to 808,000, which, of course, still would have been awful. That's a lot of people losing their jobs. And get this, 20.6 million Americans were receiving some kind of unemployment benefits through November 28th. Another number that came in shockingly bad was November retail sales. This is particularly troubling given that the U.S. economy is basically built on people buying stuff. Retail sales fell by a seasonally adjusted 1.1% in November, according to the Commerce Department. It was the biggest drop in seven months. Considered that Black Friday happened in November, that makes the number seem even worse. The Commerce Department also revised October's report down. Sales actually fell 0.1% that month instead of rising 0.3% as initially reported. The internals in the retail report were also bad, all showing bigger-than-expected drops. So will the economy rebound if the vaccine proves effective? Well, of course, but it's going to take a while. Wall Street was acting like we'd get a vaccine and boom, we'd be off and running. And I still contend that the ensuing recovery is going to be tepid. This last year has deeply damaged the economic foundation. You can't just stop producing stuff for a year, just shut down and then snap your fingers and expect things to just go back to normal. And I guarantee you, if the central bank tries to slow down the easy money train, the economy will collapse again. That's the only thing holding this up. The Fed has propped up the economy and it can never remove the props. When it does, the whole thing falls down. The problem is the props are a slow-acting poison and they're going to kill us in the long run. So let's have a little Fed talk. Like I said, there were no big surprises coming out of the FOMC meeting this week. The Fed held interest rates at zero and committed to continue buying at least $80 billion a month in treasuries and $40 billion a month in agency-backed securities, quote, until substantial further progress has been made on maximum employment and price stability goals. Quote, these asset purchases help foster smooth market functioning and accommodative financial conditions, thereby supporting the flow of credit to household and businesses, the FOMC said in its statement. In other words, the Fed will ensure businesses and consumers can continue piling on debt. And this is precisely why I keep saying that this easy money policy can never end. Every day that it continues, the government is piling on more debt. Corporations are piling on more debt. The government is piling on more debt. Debt is the oxygen of the American economy, and low interest rates are the lifeblood. Low rates circulate the oxygen. So I don't see how the Fed can ever raise rates. You know, there's a fork in the road that nobody wants to think about. There will come a time that we have to choose one path or another. The problem is both of these paths lead over a cliff. The Fed is either going to have to let rates rise to deal with inflation, or it's going to just have to keep printing money until the dollar collapses. That's it. Those are the choices. So yeah, 0% interest rates are here to stay. Now, as far as QE goes, the Fed just committed to keep things churning along at the current level. 
But Jerome Powell did open the door to increasing asset purchase programs down the road, both in the number of bonds it buys and in the maturity length of those bonds. Now, when Powell says the door is open, that means the Fed is going to do it. I mean, it's going to have to. It goes back to the interest rates. The U.S. government is going to keep borrowing money, right? I mean, I don't think anybody thinks the federal government is suddenly going to turn fiscally responsible. The current mantra is that now is not the time to worry about the debt. Powell even said this during his presser. He said, from my way of thinking, the time to focus on this is when the economy is strong, unemployment is low, and taxes are pouring in, and there's room to get on a sustainable path because the economy is doing well. Of course, this is BS. We supposedly had the greatest economy in the history of the world in 2019, and Trump managed to run what was then, at the time, the fifth biggest deficit in history. But that's another issue altogether. The point is, the borrowing and spending will continue. Even at the current rate of spending, you can expect massive deficits, and as I've already said, there will be more stimulus. By the way, Powell is pushing stimulus hard, too. He said, the case for fiscal policy right now is very, very strong, and I think that's widely understood. It's coming down the pike, probably before the end of the year. And if I were a betting man, I'd wager we'll get another round of stimulus sometime next year. Now, whether anybody worries about it or not, more stimulus will mean more borrowing and even bigger deficits. And the only way to prevent those deficits from pushing interest rates higher will be to expand quantitative easing and monetize the debt. I mean, even without more stimulus, the Fed is going to have to ramp up QE. Bank of America analysis shows that the Fed will have to double its current rate of Treasury purchases just to keep up with the current level of U.S. government borrowing. That's not factoring in future rounds of stimulus. You see, this is the program. The government sells treasuries to fund the spending. Supply and demand kicks in, so bond prices naturally fall as supply rises and demand remains relatively static. Interest rates are inversely related to bond prices, so they start to rise. So the Fed has to step in to buy bonds and artificially boost demand in order to support prices and suppress the natural rise in interest rates. It buys these bonds with money created out of thin air, and that, ladies and gentlemen, leads us to the big fat elephant in the room, inflation. All of this money printing means higher inflation and a weaker dollar, and we're already seeing the signs. We talked about that at the beginning of the show. Powell reiterated that the central bank is targeting an inflation rate, quote, slightly above 2%, but he emphasized that the long-term goal is still to keep inflation anchored at that mythical 2% target. In other words, he wants the markets to think after allowing inflation to run hot over 2% for a short time, it's going to take the inflation rate back down. So how the heck does that happen? Is the Fed going to let rates rise because that's how you make inflation slow down. No, it can't let rates rise. There's your fork in the road. Which path do you want to take to the economic cliff? Here's another question for you. Is Jerome Powell really this clueless, or does he just say things assuming that we're too clueless to recognize the absurdity of what he's saying? During his press conference, he actually said we don't have to worry about the surging budget deficits and the rapidly ballooning national debt because interest rates are so low. I mean, he just brushed right over the fact that the only reason rates are low is because the Fed has its big fat 
thumb on the bond market. If it weren't for the Fed backstopping the bond market and monetizing the debt, interest rates would already be rising, exposing the fact that the U.S. government has already gone far beyond the limits of, quote, sustainable deficits. The question is whether or not the Fed can keep doing this indefinitely, and the answer to that question is an emphatic no. At some point, the dollar caves. So here's the question for you. Are you ready for that fork in the road? A shift gold precious metal specialist can help with that. I highly recommend call 1-888-GOLD-160 today or shoot them an email at info at shiftgold.com. These guys can help you look at your portfolio, figure out how precious metals can help shield your wealth from the inflation that is surely coming down the pipe. So that is a Friday gold wrap. Before I go, a little bit of housekeeping. There will not be a Friday Gold Wrap podcast next week because Friday will be Christmas. So I'm just going to take the week off. It actually, I think it is the only week of the year that I did not do a Friday Gold Wrap. So not one this week. The following Friday would, of course, be New Year's Day. I'm also not going to do a New Year's Day Friday Gold Wrap, but I'm going to do one on New Year's Eve and kind of look back over the past year. So no show next week. And then we'll have the uh, Friday Gold Wrap on Thursday the following week. So that's it. You can get more details on all of the stories that I've talked about today and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week over at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel on Stitcher, Google Play. Links to all of that are on the show notes page. I do appreciate you listening to the show. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season, and I will talk to you on New Year's Eve.